Welcome to the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening that you are having a great start to your Sunday. It's a special Sunday edition of the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. Of course, that's what we do when the Grizzlies are in the midst of a playoff round, and that's exactly what they are. Game three last night in the FedEx Forum, the place was absolutely rocking. Thank you so much to everybody who attended the game and made it so spectacular. Whether you were there in person or on TV, you could see the crowd was energetic, active, just absolutely enthusiastic as can be for the game. And it worked, right? The Grizzlies did play well. They had their chances. Unfortunately, they did experience a 121-111 to loss in the game against the Jazz. Yes, there were still plenty of concerns that allowed for the Jazz to get the victory, but also plenty of encouraging signs that the Grizzlies are formulating an idea of what it's going to take to win multiple games for the rest of the series, especially a critical game four. In the first segment, we'll talk about the game last night, recapping what exactly occurred during the game. In the second segment, we'll discuss how the Grizzlies, after the first quarter, figured out a formula that seems to be able to potentially put them in a position to win another game or potentially more for the rest of the series. And in the third segment, we'll look at Dylan Brooks and his continued emphatic offensive play when it comes to his time on the court. He continues to be the one-two punch with John Morant that is really allowing for this Grizzlies team to find enough offense to stay in these games. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSAC on Twitter. My name's Sean Coleman. I'm a credentialed media member. I've been covering the Grizzlies for nearly three years over at Grizzly Bear Blues, podcasting for a little over a year with Locked on Grizzlies. If you want the latest news, insight, and honest truth when it comes to the Grizzlies every day, you've come to the right place. Your Grizzlies every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to remind you also of the Locker Room app, changing the way we talk about sports. Head over to your Android or iOS app store, download the free app, create your profile, and then head to the chat rooms, and that's where you'll find us. You'll find us every Thursday night at 8 with Let's Talk Grizzness, there to talk about all things Grizzlies. So obviously coming into Game 3, the big question for the Grizzlies were, how were they going to find a way to at least you know, not necessarily match what the Jazz can do, but in some way, shape, or form, limit what the Jazz can do on from, from three as well as out of the pick and roll. Well, the thing is, is that right from the start last night, the Grizzlies just did not have a solution for the Jazz. After the first quarter, the Grizzlies were down 34-22. to The Jazz were 7-15 of from three. Many of those plays which came out of the pick-and-roll setup for the Jazz. It was either them coming off a Gobert screen to find an easy shot, or they were able to set up effective ball movement from the space Gobert screen created, and they were 7-15 of from threes. The Grizzlies were able to hit a late three, but the big thing that stood out for these two teams was that through three games... In the first quarter, the Jazz were 16 of 35 from three. The Grizzlies were four of 21. And that made all the difference in the world because it's allowed for the Jazz to be able to get out to these big leads in game two and game three that the Grizzlies just unfortunately have not. Yes, they've been able to catch back up, but because of the head start that the Jazz already had, it really put the Grizzlies into a bind to where they just could not match for the next 36 minutes to make up the difference. And last night was similar. You know, in the second quarter, yes, the the Grizzlies did try to come back, but every time the Grizzlies came back, the Jazz hit another big three, another big three, another big three. And at the end of the first half, it was 62-11. to John Morant did have 13 points in the first half, a good quarter from him. The Grizzlies relatively stay out of foul trouble, and so it was a good productive quarter for this Grizzlies team. Well, in the third quarter, the Grizzlies finally started to chip away. Um, a big thing that allowed for them to be able to find the success that they needed 
was the ability to rebound. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but especially offensive rebounds. The Grizzlies were able to find different ways to be able to get the shots that they needed. Yes, the Jazz were continuing to hit some threes. Mike Conley was continuing to find success, but the Grizzlies were able to find ways to get back into the game through offensive rebounding, hitting threes of their own, being able to get out on runs. In the third quarter, they also really found the success that they needed in order to be able to hit the to to hit the right buttons to get extra shot attempts. And so at the end of the third quarter, the Grizzlies, yes, they were still down by nine, but they had cut the lead instead of them just trying to get the lead to double digits. There had been several times during the third quarter in which they were able to get the lead down to five, three, seven points. It was just every time that they did, the Jazz would have a counter run to allow for the Jazz to get up, you know, another, you know, seven to nine points. So at the end of the third quarter, the the Jazz were up by nine. But at the start of the, but going into the fourth, the Grizzlies really got going again, especially Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen, especially with his second half surge, five threes, 17 points for the Grizzlies last night off the bench. We talked about how badly this Grizzlies team needed one of their shooters to step up off the bench, and they were able to do it last night. The bench actually was right on par with the Jazz's bench from last night. It was the Grizzlies starters who had a bit less success than they had had in the first two games because the Jazz's starters were shooting the ball so well. But Grayson Allen, he was able to make five threes uh, in the game, and he was able, through five straight points of his own, to get the lead tied at 98. And then, of course, both teams went back and forth. Dylan Brooks made some shots. John Morant was able to show up and, and start to take over in that fourth quarter. But unfortunately, the problem was this, is that at about four minutes and three seconds left, the Grizzlies' offense just stopped working. They, they basically, they said there was... It, they stopped with any type of direction, any type of intent, any type of logical scheme that was allowing for them to find their open shots either in the lane or perhaps pop out for a three or get on the fast break. They just simply could not find something that worked. I think that D Dylan Brooks, so he had a good offensive game overall. I think that there were a few shots for him that he rushed. He admitted that there were a few of them, you know, in the postgame press conference. But the big thing for the Grizzlies was that in the final four minutes and 30 seconds, the Jazz were able to outscore score them 14 to 2. At one point it was 109-107 in favor of the Grizzlies. Dylan on one possession Dylan Brooks missed two rush shots and overall the Grizzlies missed nine straight shots and the Jazz were able to take advantage of it. Donovan Mitchell was able to convert and one opportunity to make it 110-109 and from there the Grizzlies scored two points the rest of the way and we wind up losing 121 to 109. But Excuse me, make that 121 to 111. But the thing is, is that there continues to be some impressive performances on both sides of the ball. But for those with ties to the Grizzlies, it especially remains a very, very fun series to watch. John Moran, again, having a very impressive game himself. He was able to score 28 points on the evening, including, once again, 15 points in the second half to try to lead the Grizzlies back to a big victory. It just was not there last night. 28 points from him on the evening himself. For Dylan Brooks, it was another impressive game as well. He was able to score once again at a level that needed to be scored. It was Dylan mainly through the third quarter, Jaw in the fourth, who was leading the comeback for the Grizzlies. 28 and 27 points, respectively, just through their first three games of their playoff career. Jaw Morant and Dylan Brooks joined 
Dwayne, Paul Gasol, Mark Gasol, Zach Randolph, and Mike Conley. These are the only Grizzlies who have multiple 25-point games in the 70, now 79 games of Grizzlies playoff history. So again, it's Dylan Brooks, John Morant, Paul Gasol, Mark Gasol, Zach Randolph, and Mike Conley as the only players in Grizzlies history with 25 or more points multiple times in a playoff game. That just goes to show how impressive, how impressive the offense of this Grizzlies team is in terms of the history of the Grizzlies franchise when it comes to the playoffs. Though overall, this Grizzlies offense is still lacking when it comes to trying to match the Jazz in this playoff series. But it wasn't just the starters. Again, as we talked about, you know, the script has flipped a bit for this Grizzlies team where the starters have been creating the advantage in games versus the bench. But last night, Grayson Allen, we talked about it all week long. The Grizzlies were eventually going to have to have one of their bench shooters, Melton, Bain, Allen, Jackson Jr. in the starting lineup. One of them were going to have to step up with a big game at some point to give the Grizzlies a chance to win, and it was Grayson Allen last night. Grayson Allen, 17 points, five uh, threes on the night. He's only the third reserve in Grizzlies franchise history with five or more threes in a playoff game, joining Mike Miller and Quincy Pondexter. But, of course, it wasn't just the Grizzlies themselves right now who were impressive. Mike Conley was the best player on the court. He arguably has been the best player in this series for the Jazz, though Donovan Mitchell with 29 points last night after 25 points in Game 2 may have something to say about that. But in Game 2, Mike Conley became just the fifth player at 33 years of age of older to have 20 points and 15 assists, at least that amount of production in a game. Well, last night, he became just the second player in NBA history to record 28 or more points, seven or more assists, and seven more threes in a playoff game at 33 years of age or older. He joined uh, Chris Paul from uh, 2018. So Mike Conley, at his age right now, we've said it all year long, he's probably playing the most quality basketball of his career, and he continues to show it by arguably getting off to the, his best start in a playoff series. As a matter of fact, I'll go ahead and say it, he likely is off to the best start he's ever had in a playoff series, and that's made the big difference. The difference in this series so far between the Jazz and the Grizzlies is Mike Conley, um, it, because Conley is that third player for the Jazz. They've had Donovan Mitchell be supported by uh, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic as well as Rudy Gobert, but it's Mike Conley who stepped up the depth of consistent producers for the Jazz. It was is what has made the difference in this series, and it showed last night once again, despite a valiant effort from the Grizzlies. But hey, so the Grizzlies lost the game. That is certainly true. But there are several encouraging things from Game 3 that if the Grizzlies can just play a bit more complete game in Game 4, they can become they can create themselves an even better chance to win in that game. Coming up, we're going to look at despite the loss and the, despite the fact that the Grizzlies had a rough start and finish, there were plenty of encouraging signs and if the Grizzlies can consistently check these certain boxes, they're going to be right in the position that they need to be in order to win not only one, but perhaps multiple more games in this playoff series. Imagine you are the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who makes your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post-screen and interview all on, all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed Match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, 
giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed skills test that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You could choose from more than 130 skills tests that then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit dollar credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. So we all want to try our best to get as good and healthy as possible for the summer. One of the best ways that we possibly could do that is through adding you know, parts of our adding to parts of our day that can become a routine. One way to do that is by introducing Built Bar to your daily routine. Built Bar is a very fun, very tasty treat that gives you the great taste of a candy bar with the health benefits of a protein bar. And you can have it in the morning as a snack, have it in the afternoon as um, a um, or have it in the morning as breakfast, have it in the afternoon as a snack. Whenever you choose to enjoy it, there's actually over 18 different flavors over at BuiltBar.com that you can choose from to enjoy. So whatever your taste preferences are, they're likely to be met at BuiltBar.com. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now, you put in the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from BuiltBar. Again, that's 15% off your next order from Built Bar. And if you, once you make Built Bar, Built Bar part of your day, it's going to be there to stay. Go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And, two points, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. So as we mentioned, the Grizzlies, you know, going into Game 3, they were going to have to check certain boxes. They were going to have to improve in certain areas to certainly give themselves a chance to win. And in those areas, the Grizzlies did improve. But in fact, it was another big area where the Grizzlies stepped up that allowed for them to really get the comeback that they needed, you know, in the fourth quarter. But it wasn't just the surge in the first six to eight minutes of the fourth quarter led by Ja Morant where the and Grayson Allen, where the Grizzlies really were able to make up the difference. It's what they did in the third quarter, the adjustments that they made in the third quarter, that really stood out. So as we mentioned, you know, the Grizzlies, what's really stood out about this Grizzlies game versus the Jazz, the Jazz played a complete 48 minutes of basketball. The Grizzlies did not. But for the 30 minutes from the start of the second quarter through about halfway through the fourth quarter, the Grizzlies played with, and in my opinion, beat the Jazz. They, they actually were able to catch back up. Combined the first quarter of the game, where the Jazz outscored the Grizzlies 34-22, to and then the last four and a half minutes of the game, where the Jazz outscored the Grizzlies 14-2. to Basically, this Jazz team, in those segments, in that 16 and a half minutes of game action, they outscored the Grizzlies by 24 points. But in the 32 or so minutes between the start of the second quarter and about a little over halfway through the fourth, it was the Grizzlies who actually outscored the Jazz by 14 points. So if you're looking for positives, if you're looking for some momentum going off Game 3 into Game 4, it's the fact that for most of the game, the Grizzlies, or for the majority of the game, the Grizzlies were able to find a recipe that allowed for them to be able to play with and actually play better than the Jazz. The thing about it is, is that at the end of the day, it's the Jazz's three-point shooting that continues to make all the difference. And that's just something the Grizzlies are going to have to deal with. But like in Game 1, 
They were able to find ways, at least for the majority of the game, to stay in it or to get back in it, as a matter of fact. Though they, at one point, because they were down almost by 15 and 16 points in that second quarter, the Grizzlies were able to claw their way back in the third quarter of Game 3 like they were able to get the lead and maintain it in Game 1. That was through... Good offensive performances, obviously, from John Moran and Dylan Brooks. We've talked about it. We continue to need that duo of players to step up. But there was improved three-point shooting after the second quarter. In In the first quarter, the Grizzlies were two of seven from three. For the rest of the game, they were actually 11 from 34. Not that great, of course, but they at least made in the teens when it came to threes. That's what they're going to have to do, hopefully, you know, with a lot better accuracy in game four moving forward. But they were able to hit threes. They were able to get a big boost from a bench shooter. That's one of the ways the Grizzlies were able to step up, especially in the fourth quarter, from Grayson Allen's performances. The Grizzlies were also able to create more turnovers. The big thing that allowed for the Grizzlies to start to make their comeback and outplay the Jazz between the start of the second and halfway through the fourth was their ability to create extra shot attempts through creating, through forcing the Jazz into more turnovers than the Grizzlies committed and rebounds. Overall, this Grizzlies team, the Jazz on the night for themselves, they themselves had 35 rebounds from their starters. The Grizzlies between Jaron Jackson Jr., Kyle Anderson, and Jonas Valanciunas, those three players themselves had 35 rebounds. One of the big ways where the Grizzlies were able to, in the middle of the game, into the fourth, why they were able to create the advantage that they needed to create was gaining extra shot attempts through offensive rebounds. The Grizzlies had 16 offensive rebounds, many of which came in that first part of the third quarter where the Grizzlies got off to that really good start to get back into the game, to close the gap to where they would be able to have something manageable to work with once John Morant got going early in the fourth. But it was through offensive rebounds that this Grizzlies team was not only able to create the advantage through shot attempts, but also be able to find highly high percentage shots on goal to be able to make up the difference for the lack of three-point shooting that was there. But at the end of the day, the Grizzlies were able to find ways through getting offensive rebounds. They were able to force the Jazz into more turnovers than they committed. They were able to get out on the fast break. The Grizzlies had 100 shot attempts to the Jazz's 81 last night. That's the exact difference that was there in Game 1. So in other words, the point is, is that through offensive rebounding, through getting the boost from the bench that they needed, through playing at a fast pace and creating turnovers, the Grizzlies were able to put together a game plan, an offensive recipe that put them in a position, though it was for just a few minutes, it at least put them in position to win the game. They know now from game one, and for the majority of how Game 3 was played, exactly what they're going to need to do in order to be able to get another win or hopefully more in this series. The key is is to take that 30-minute stretch that they played with last night and expand it a few more minutes both ways. Expand it into the first quarter. Expand it into the end of the game. Because that's the big key for this so far, is that it's the Jazz's ability to shoot the three at the at the start of the first quarter, or in the first quarter, and then their ability to close out games. That's why they're the best team in the NBA, is because of the fact that they play a full 48 minutes. As I mentioned in the first segment, so far this series, the Jazz are 16 of 35 from three in the first quarter. The Grizzlies are 4 of 21. 
The end result of that is that the Jazz are a plus 21 in Game 2 and Game 3 in terms of first quarter differential. And then obviously in Game 2 and Game 3, we know that the Grizzlies came back and were within at least a few points and actually had the lead late in the third in Game 2 and all midway through the fourth quarter in game uh, in game three, the Grizzlies were able to come back because that's when they were able to create the shot advantage through good rebounding, creating turnovers, and fast break play. So we know now that those are the things that matter. Rebounding, fast break, or getting out on the run, and creating turnovers. The Grizzlies know that they can do that. Their starters, but it, it slacked a little bit last night from the previous few games, but they were boosted up by the bench. So the big thing going forward for this Grizzlies team, and Game 3 validated what we kind of already knew, create turnovers, have the rebounding edge, especially in terms of offensive rebounds, play out on the run so that you can create as many opportunities through transition, but last night the added caveat was the bench boost. The Grizzlies continue to add another positive element every time out in these games, and if they can finally have those elements stay consistent and put together for the entire game, they know from game one they can get a big victory, especially if their bench support and three-point support are there to be able to use as well. So overall, yes, the Grizzlies did, you know, unfortunately lose game three, but I would come away more encouraged than the score might indicate from how the Grizzlies played because they're getting more and more experience doing the things that they need to do over a full 48 minutes to extend this series to six or maybe even seven games against the Jazz as we move forward. But one thing that has become a constant that the Grizzlies may not have expected as soon as, as recently as a few weeks ago is the great play of Dylan Brooks. And not just defensively, he actually has struggled a bit over the past two games defensively because Donovan Mitchell was a very and, and Mike Conley are very tough tasks as a duo. But where Dylan Brooks has really stepped up in his offensive game. Coming up, we're going to discuss just how impressive Dylan has been and why it's been so important for the Grizzlies for them to find a partner with John Morant to really anchor this offense when it needs it the most. Now, one full week into the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs as well are nearly through all their first-round games. Baseball is almost two months into the season, so plenty of sports action to go around in one of the most enjoyable times of the sports calendar. And a part of your enjoyment of being a fan is wagering and betting on sports. I've got the one place that has you covered that's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, head to the website or use your mobile device and put in the promo code Locked On to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Today on the Locked On Today pod, tomorrow on the Locked On Today podcast, is Nikola Jokic enough for the Nuggets? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with Peter Bukowski on the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So there obviously have been plenty of exciting things that have 
emerge for the Grizzlies during this playoff series with the Jazz. Obviously, John Morant stepping up and delivering as the superstar, you know, in the making that many of us feel that he truly is, you know, with 31, 47, and 28 points so far in each game this series. But the big thing also about it is, is that going into the last season, of the last week of the season, and going into the playoffs, we knew that the Grizzlies were going to need for someone to step up to compliment y'all. And the thing is, is that now we got indications of it, though I think that it took, you know, I'll speak for myself, it took a bit longer to acknowledge because of the source that it was uh, than, you know, the numbers may have suggested. The numbers probably suggested who could step up and support Jaw, and to a lesser extent, Jonas, late in games or as being a consistent scorer. The numbers suggested it as early as April. But, you know, for myself, you know, I was just thinking, okay, this, this may not be true, this may not last, so on and so forth, but it certainly has. That third source, obviously, is Dylan Brooks. And it's actually been Dylan Brooks who's been there to be that consistent source of scoring, to be among that top duo of scoring, just as much as John Morant has. I mean, you think about it, the Grizzlies have played five postseason games so far this year against the Spurs and the Warriors in the elimination games and obviously the three games against the Jazz. Well, besides that Warriors game, you know, last Friday night, um, when they beat Curry, they won 117-112. to 112. Jaw obviously, you know, took care of the offense. Dylan was not needed as much on offense because he had so much effort that he needed to um, exert on defense in that game against Steph Curry. But beyond that, Dylan has has been to the level of Jaw Morant. He clearly has been the one, formed a one-two punch with Jaw for the Grizzlies. But the key thing about it is, is that it's been late in games. Dylan Brooks has stepped up as being an alternate closer for this Grizzlies team to support John Morant. And while it may be something that, you know, again, for myself, it may have taken a while to really realize that, it's here, it's now, and there is clear proof that Dylan is consistently doing it. I mean, look at that Spurs game. It wasn't Ja that was supporting Dylan, it was Jonas. Jonas had 23-23 and 23 against the Spurs, but it took eight straight baskets in crunch time from Dylan Brooks to secure that victory for the Grizzlies. In game one, it was 26 points from Dylan, including a big-time third quarter that secured game one, while it was Jaws' fourth quarter scoring that did it. And then in game two and game three, it's the one-two combination of Dylan and Jaw that have really allowed for the Grizzlies to make their comebacks that they needed. You know, as I mentioned in, you know, earlier in the show, the Jazz have gotten a combined plus 21-point differential in the first quarter, in the combined between the first quarters of Game 1 and Game 2. Well, the reason the Grizzlies have been able to come back in the third and fourth quarters is because of the consistent scoring of Ja and Dylan as a combination, and the numbers certainly back it up. So far in the playoffs, through the first week of the playoffs, Ja Morant is third among all players in the playoffs in scoring per game. Dylan Brooks is fourth. I mean, excuse me, twelfth. But in terms of second half scoring, Ja Morant leads the NBA. Of everybody in the playoffs, Ja Morant leaves all players in the playoffs in second half scoring with 18.7 points per game. But Dylan Brooks is fourth. And for the Grizzlies, it's been Dylan in the third quarter where he's really emerged as being productive. And then it's Ja taking over in the fourth, again, to either lead the comeback or to secure the victory. So far in the playoffs this year, Dylan Brooks is averaging 27 points per game on 53% shooting. 
An effective field goal percentage of 58%, a true shooting percentage of 58%. In the third quarter alone, Dylan is fifth among players in the playoffs in scoring with 11 points per game on 62% shooting. Now, is that sustainable? Certainly not. But the key is, is that we're three games into this series. And this that means that we played six games. The Jazz have now played six games against Dylan Brooks within two months. And we're talking about arguably the best defense in the league. And yet Dylan Brooks is still continuing to play at the offensive peak. You know, this likely is the best trend of offense we've seen from Dylan Brooks in his career. And it's not like it's just a, you know, a hot streak, you know, a heater as they call it over the past week or so. In the second half of the season, Dylan Brooks was second on the Grizzlies in fourth quarter scoring to Jonas Valanciunas. Since the calendar turned to May, Dylan Brooks has led the Grizzlies in fourth quarter scoring. And a big key as to why Dylan has become so much better offensively, he is significantly better and more consistent offensively than he was at the first of the season, is something that he stated was a focus of his to start the season, and that's his ball handling. The confidence and the skill that he has gained in his ball handling has given him the ability to have a better idea of where to attack when he's got the ball in his hands on all three levels. You've seen several different plays over the past five games for the Grizzlies where you typically would see Dylan wind up taking a low-percentage mid-range shot where instead he either drives to the basket or is able to create his own shot from three or from a deep two. That's the confidence. That's the skill improving for Dylan Brooks. And so that's the real thing that stands out. Now, Dylan's not going, I don't think Dylan Brooks has all of a sudden become a player who's going to average 22 to 25 points a game on 45% shooting from the field. I don't think that's the type of player that Dylan's going to be going forward. But I do think that Dylan has the confidence and the improved capability of remaining consistently able to get around 20 points per game. He's shown that, and he's continued. He's shown that in the second half of the season, and he's continued to raise his game to new levels against better competition. So, whatever feeling you may have about whether this is sustainable for Dylan, whether or not you know, the, you know, can this be trusted? Is Dylan truly, you know, going to be someone who can continue to step up in these big games? Only the future will tell that. But I do feel while his level of play right now may not be sustainable. The consistency on offense from Dylan Brooks of making good decisions and turning into a score that can give you 18 to 20 points a night without you feeling as if it was inefficient, I do think that Dylan has reached a level where he can consistently be able to do that. In the past, if Dylan got over 20 points, we much of us felt as if, okay, this, this doesn't make a lot of sense. He did it in an inefficient style. He simply got shot happy. Well, yes, he may have stretches at times. Like, for instance, the end of the game last night, there probably were a few possessions where Dylan forced shots. But overall, Dylan Brooks's ability to not only have confidence in his shot, but for him to be a competent shot based off what the defense has given him, that certainly improved. Obviously, it's going to have to remain in place going forward. But the thing about it is, is that if you look at the second half of Dylan's season, and then you look at what he did in May, and you especially look at what he's done as competition has gotten tougher for this Grizzlies team over the past five games, I feel that the time has come for us to have confidence that Dylan Brooks can form a very formidable 1-2 offensive combination with John Morant that will at least allow for the Grizzlies to keep this series competitive no matter what the outcome is.
So that certainly is one of the encouraging things to look at when you look back at Game 3. The other is that for the majority of the game, the Grizzlies once again put together a winning recipe that could allow for them to be able to where if they can expand the amount of time that they do it, if they can go from 30 minutes in Game 3 to maybe doing it for 40 minutes in Game 4 like they did in Game 1, that's really is what is going to allow for them to be able to pull out this victory. But the thing about it is this, is that we know that Ja and Dylan are going to be there to deliver, but the Jazz also know that as well. Tomorrow's episode, along with the Game 4 preview, I'm going to look at, okay, the Jazz know that Ja and Dylan are there to deliver, but what else must the Grizzlies do to get their offense as deep as possible to match the depth of the Jazz's offense and throw curveballs at the Jazz's defense for this Grizzlies team to really remain confident in late game situations and to get better starts off in the game. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. It's been a pleasure being with you once again. Again, I know the Grizzlies lost. I know they're down 2-1, but I do feel overall you have to feel extremely happy and satisfied where this Grizzlies team is, especially the biggest talents on this team continuing to step up and deliver. You can follow the show at Locked on Grizz on Twitter, myself at StatsSAC. We'll be back with you tomorrow once again looking at how other players of this Grizzlies offense are going to have to step up to support Jaw and Dylan, but also looking at a Game 4 preview, see what could specifically change in the first quarter for the Grizzlies to get off to the necessary hot start they're going to have to have in order to win Game 4. That and much more on tomorrow's episode of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Until then, hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.